Okay, so welcome to another weekly Hangout. Uh, this is for members of the iOS Stack-Friends Slack community. Uh, this is um, the Apppreneurs podcast. We actually put this out as a podcast. Now, this uh, group is brought together by the combined benefits of the App Guy podcast. That's me and Chris Bishaw, who's behind Indie iOS Focus Weekly. Uh, and if you haven't yet um, iOS Stack, uh, hyphen friends, then that's something you can do. Just to, there is a, a joining link, or a, a, you can go to uh, theappguy.co and, and search for Slack, uh, Slack group, and uh, then you could join there uh, or register your interest. Uh, and um, if you want to listen to the App Guy podcast, there's several hundred interviews with founders from around the world. You can listen free on your favorite podcasting app, or by going to theappguy.co, and then. The uh, Indie iOS Focus Weekly is a newsletter that goes out to thousands of subscribers and uh, that can be found at uh, IndieIOSFocus.Curator.co. Um, uh, at the moment, the iOS Stack Friends is doing really well. It's um, uh, got quite a lot of new joiners over the week and I think we've uh, now gone past 250 members and growing. So. Uh, thanks, everyone. That, that's um, this week. I thought we could work from the other way around. So, if we could uh, start from the uh, my right, which is Simon, uh, and then work our way along the group. And um, uh, again, it's uh, one minute. So, uh, <clears throat> Darren, are you able to do the one-minute timer again? I'm sorry to get you twice in a row, but Darren will hold his hand up, I guess, and. Um, uh, if we do run over the one minute, then um, uh, then and he'll just put his hand up and and give give us a shout. But uh, it, the format seemed to work. So let's uh, let's start with you then, Simon. I think uh, you uh, looks like on my far right, uh, Simon. Tell us in one minute about yourself and your biggest challenges. Uh, just uh, Simon, I think you might have to unmute your microphone. Okay, Simon, can you hear okay. us? Simon. Okay, I'll tell you what, we'll come back to Simon and hopefully he can get his audio sorted. Uh, let's move on, uh, rules. Um, uh, maybe we can start with you. Hello, um, I'm Ralph. I'm the co founder of Stumble on Stuff, which is a peer to peer marketplace for buying and selling stuff. And um, we're currently in a technical beta, and at the moment, the biggest challenge is um, just creating uh, an Instagram uh, community that can uh, engage with the app before launch, so that when we launch, uh, everyone can um, get behind the app. That's Great. It. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, so moving on to Morton, um, tell us in a minute about yourself and your biggest challenges. Uh, hey, I think I'll skip today. Um, I can't really talk because of a throat infection, if that's okay. Uh, okay, yep, no problem. Um, for Darren, uh, I guess um, again we'll um, hear from you, your turn. Oh, sorry, Darren. I think uh, you're on mute. Um, would you be able to unmute yourself? There we go. You can hear me, can't you? Yes. I think it's just my headphones. Sorry about that. Um, okay. So yeah, I, I work with small businesses and I provide training uh, for iOS development, usually for small teams of existing C Sharp and Java developers who wish to um, transition to iOS. Um, over the past week, what I've been, well, what I'm trying to do with my business is I'm trying to productize that, either into products or productized services. So over the past week, I've been in touch with previous uh, people that I've provided training for, to just get some feedback on what they found useful, you know, where the value was for that for those people. And I got quite a few differing bits of feedback back from those. So my, my challenge really is trying to decide where to go with that. 
I mean, you know, so that, that's where I am at the moment. Great. And uh, Chris, I know we're going to hear more from you, but in a, for now, if you can give us a one-minute pitch and the biggest challenges that you have. Yeah, sure. Everybody can hear me? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, yeah, since I'll be talking a little bit in length in a minute, I'll uh, just be brief. Yeah, I am right now am, uh, well, I curate, uh, you know, indie dev focused weekly. And uh, I also am an app developer. I actually just had my first uh, contract for uh, some freelance work um, in the past month, and that actually has been going great. And I know that doesn't always go great, so I'm really trying to, you know, learn how to. Uh, handle that as well as I can so that uh, you can avoid some of the pitfalls that can snowball on you, you know, if you don't set up your uh, your contract or your relationship with your client uh, correctly. And um, that's mostly what I'm working on right now. I did just finish um, a lot of the data dump into the iOS stack, which iOSstack.com is a website Paul and I are working on that is uh, basically trying to keep the uh, content from my newsletter more evergreen so that it's more of a directory, kind of like the other stacks that are out there that have become popular. So uh, that's something that I'm really focused on over the next few weeks. Great. Okay. Uh, and then uh, in regards to me, uh, my name is Paul Kemp. I'm the host of the App Guide podcast. Uh, I do this full time. It's my sole income. I uh, produce episodes of basically by talking with founders of apps and businesses from around the world. Uh, I've learned a lot. And my biggest challenge at the moment is uh, making sure that we get uh, enough five-star reviews for this, uh, the Appreneurs podcast that we're doing and recording now, uh, because then that means we get into new and noteworthy on Apple. We miss to that group, and and of course they're listening to our challenges, and then what that means is that we may get more people helping us out when we talk about challenges and the things that we're doing. Uh, it's always best to repurpose content, and that's what we're doing. So that's me, and a bit about the App Guy podcast. Hey, so let's move on. Then the agenda. Um, the the next part of the agenda is um, we've just made the introductions, and now we are. Um, uh, appointing someone to educate us, and uh, I did speak to. I think, um, Rouse, did I? Was it yourself that was going to help us this week? Yeah, 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 yeah. Great. So yeah, so it's five minutes. Yeah. Yeah, if you have uh, five or less, whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah, sorry. Um, so, um, hello everybody again. Um, so, the, um, I've learned a few things from um, some of the interviews that I've heard over at uh, the Launch Festival. And um, one of the biggest uh, challenges that I've, um, that I've seen is that um, what they said is that um, the biggest challenge for, for, for us developers is not getting users because everyone will get a user. You know, from getting from zero to one thousand users, everyone gets them. But the biggest challenge is retaining those users. So, um, retaining those users, the solution lies in um, creating an engagement loop. So, creating an engagement loop um, is uh, mostly focused on your product development and um, your product development. The mistake that most developers make is um, uh, just restricting it to um, a specific user. So I say you, you've got those 1,000 uh, users that you have. You, you tie it down to, say, maybe we're, let's talk about maybe uh, Jeffrey Sapp, schedule it. So you, you just tie it down to maybe um, someone who's attending a conference. That's your ideal user. But um, what they're actually saying is that you should focus on the triggers rather than the users because as your com as your um, as your as your company grows uh, so does your product market fit fit so you should uh, focus more on the the triggers so the trigger here is like you ask yourself like when does a customer actually need your product like what's the use case what's the actual use case that 
um, the customer actually needs your product. And um, then you have to ask yourself, like, how often does that happen? So, like, all the companies that have been able to break through and be uh, unicorns and solve major problems are companies that have been able to uh, look at uh, problems that are that happen every day and that people look to use their solutions um, on a daily basis. For example, you take Uber, you know, we're always needing to move. So for them, they uh, tackled uh, transportation. They, they move you from one place to the other. So in one day, you might need to go to many places in a day. So you need to focus more on um, the triggers um, that your users will have and um, so this is this simplifies uh, product development if you just focus on on like one use case that you have um, in this case I'll, I'll just take for example schedule it with uh, which uh, helps people you know um, schedule meetings uh, with uh, other professionals so in, in in schedule its case it could be um, the the trigger here is that You've got time to to spare, right? You've got time to spare, or we'll get time to spare, or we'll get bored. Um, so maybe it's a, at a conference or it's at the airport. So if you're restricted to say maybe just being at a conference, you're restricting yourself to only a small set of group of users. So you wouldn't be able to retain a lot of uh, of users. But uh, if you if you widen the the the, the the use case that you have the specific use case that you have you'll be able to uh, to cater for a lot of uh, a lot of people and then you can move your idea from being this small idea to this big 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 idea so what they were saying is just focus on one trigger not uh, multiple ones so that will help to create that engagement loop that people come to using your product again and again and again. Um, like if, if someone wants to have a, uh, a Actually, year at the talk... What we could do is we're, we're getting towards the end of the... Maybe we could jump in with questions now, because I think we're getting the yeah, sense sure. of what this is absolutely fantastic. Uh, sure. I, um, I just wanted to mention that Jeff, Jeffrey, the, um, uh, who's behind Schedule It, he, he's away today, uh, but he sends his apologies to um, mm. uh, so, does anyone in the group have questions for rules about the triggers? No, just um, uh, can I just ask that this is um, as a result of the launch festival, which is Jason Calcanis's thing? Is that right? Yeah. Right. Yep. Mm. He's got he's got quite a few successful apps behind him as well, so he probably knows uh, a thing or two about uh, launching and, and triggers. <laughs> Yeah, um, so th this specific interview was um, with one of the founders of Brilliant. Uh, I think it's episode four or three, if anyone wants to have a listen to it. Um, it's basically how they were able to um, like move on from just having like their first few thousand and into moving into a much bigger bigger, bigger, bigger uh, audience. So I think it's important for everyone. Like, we can all launch. Distribution is easy now, but being able to retain users and then expand from that, that's the hard part. And if you focus on triggers, we'll be home. Great. Well, could I just um, maybe suggest that you post a link to that interview in the founding group uh, on Slack so we could maybe have a listen in our own time? Because uh, that sure, sounds really that. interesting interview. Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, let's move on then sure. to. Uh, thank you so much, Rules, for that. That was very educational. Uh, let's move on now to the next part, which is uh, agenda item four, and that's where we have uh, rotation of all the different members going through and doing a deeper dive into their business, their areas of expertise, their bios, and everything we can learn about them. Uh, and it's obviously a deeper dive, it's longer than the one minute, it tends to last um, about 10 minutes where we have Q&A as well. And this week, uh, 
uh, given that he is the co-host and the co-founder of iOS Slack, it's uh, Chris's turn. <laughs> so, uh, Chris, I know that you wanted to go to do a deeper dive into iOS Slack and to um, the things that you've got going on. Sure, I'll uh, just go ahead and kind of start with a real short bio. Um, I went to school for marketing and management. Uh, you know, went to college for that and. Uh, Ended up in, uh, well, starting out at a credit card company in marketing and then moved into a family insurance business where I kind of am a, am a jack of all trades. I actually still work at that. I'm, that's in my office right now. Um, I'm hoping to transition more to the app development, consulting, uh, the different um, uh, industries around, you know, building apps and software. And uh, so in the insurance industry, I've learned quite a bit about, you know, presenting, um, about marketing, uh, all those type of different things. Um, and, but, you know, it's not really my passion. My passion really is mobile development and uh, kind of everything that goes with that. So I started uh, mobile development in 2010. Mostly was really excited uh, to see the iPhone, uh, to see the possibilities. I had uh, purchased an iPod Touch and jailbroken that and uh, started putting apps on it and then when the SDK was announced I knew that was something I was interested in but I didn't have any programming experience so I uh, started trying to learn and found it very difficult. I, um, I have a programmer's mind but I didn't have any schooling on it whatsoever um, other than a class you know on Pascal years ago and uh, so I kept going through books and tutorials and I'd understand fairly well but I would always get to a to a point where I didn't couldn't figure something out, I get frustrated, and you know I also had a full time job and family, so sometimes there was a couple of times I took a you know I take a couple month break where I didn't even look at anything, and and I got uh, to the point where I just said you know I'm just going to start building an app, and that really clicked for me. Um, I've heard a lot of people say this: uh, you can read all you want, you can go through all the tutorials you want, but until you just sit down and start building something that you're interested in or passionate about, you know, you're uh, can be treading water. And uh, that really worked for me. And I just found uh, as I started programming, I would encounter a problem, I would research, um, I would find out a solution, I would do my best to understand the solution, because a lot of times, you know, you're searching uh, Stack Overflow and places like that. And uh, I'd implement that. I'd see how it worked. I would change things around. And that really clicked for me as far as learning. So I ended up releasing my first app in uh, late 2011. Um, and since that app, I've had over 10 in the store. I've sold a few. I've retired a couple. Um, I've had, you know, my most successful app. I think all my apps total, I'm like at 700,000 downloads. And my most successful app gets about... Well, with the new release, it gets about 1,500 downloads a day. So um, it, it generates a little bit of income, and it's, def it's generated about twice the income now that I uh, put some reward videos in it. But um, that's kind of where I'm at with my apps. And right now, with that, I, uh, you know, I kind of go through the cycle of once I get a big app update done, I move to the next one until I come up with an idea for a new app. And I haven't actually released a new app in a while because the, uh, the market's just very difficult and I haven't really had an idea that I thought would be worth me investing my time right now with the other things I have going on. And um, so uh, I did actually take my first contract uh, as a freelancer with, uh, with a gentleman who, uh, want, who liked one of my apps that I built, which actually was an app that I built in about a week and it's donationware and uh, it's a... Uh, uh, app that tracks your quits so if you want to quit something it will track uh, that for you and it's very simple very basic app but he really liked it and he approached me out of the you know out of nowhere I wasn't advertising my services or anything but I thought it was interesting that um, you know a lot of people think an app is a failure if it doesn't you know start generating revenue well this app brought me a client and you know it's a it's a he's been great to work with and it's gone really well uh, one of my challenges is, though, as I do more freelance work, I know that those don't always go as smoothly. Uh, not every client is um, easy to work with or uh, able to, uh, you know, tell you exactly what they want. Or, you know, there's a, just a lot that goes along with it. So that's that's one of my challenges. Is just uh, as I step my step into that um, that part of uh, the work. Um, so besides the app development, I started um, Indie iOS Focus Weekly, 
uh, about a year ago. What happened was is that I uh, I went to a meetup oh the year before or so, and I realized when I sat down I these were the first iOS developers I'd ever talked to in my life because I had basically learned on my own and I had several apps in the store at the time so I basically um, thought you know what you know I really need to get more involved in the community and um, I read a book it's called uh, Soft Skills by John Sonmez and uh, I'd recommend it to anybody it's a it's a good book to read about how to kind of cultivate a develop uh, development career. Now it's it's the soft skill side of it. You know, anybody can learn to code or put their head down and build an app, but developing the other skills that go along with it, whether you're in a corporate position or whether you're independent, you know, are, are crucial to your success. So one of the things he really proposed was uh, blogging and kind of niching down, creating a name for yourself. So what I did was I started. I just committed to a newsletter, and um, uh, it was inspired by uh, Dave Werv. I think it's Ververt. Uh He has iOS Dev Weekly, which has tons of subscribers. Great newsletter, and it's a weekly iOS digest. Basically, it's kind of the gold standard. And I thought, um, let me make something for any developers. So I started the. Uh, I basically sent out a few tweets. Uh, did some pre-marketing. Uh, committed to doing that. I think in two or three weeks from whenever I started marketing it, and started on Mailchimp. I think I had about 24 subscribers the first week, and uh, just has slowly grown. And um, you know, the key to success with blogging or curating a newsletter, it, it's really simple. It's do it every week, you know, and be consistent about it. And uh, I've done a couple of. Uh, Ad buys with other newsletters over the last year, uh, and that has brought me about 400 subscribers. But I'm up to almost 1,200 now, and uh, mostly word of mouth. And I do spread that around a lot on Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook groups. Um, I've had to learn a little bit. Uh, you know, I'm not one to self-promote, but uh, you kind of have to tread that line. So I've learned to um, post it in different places, and uh, you know, kind of toot the horn about it a little bit. Um, tastefully, of course, but um, you know, email list growth is email list growth is definitely um, how my priorities for the uh, newsletter. I didn't for the first six or eight months, and then um, vendors started approaching me. So um, that was always in my long-term plan. So that's definitely great, and I get a lot of good feedback from it. Um, other thing I work on is uh, my joint venture with uh, Paul here with the uh, Slack group and you know my challenges for that are the same as his you know grow the community keep it engaged or build engagement um, these communities can sprout up and die very quickly and I'd really like for this community to be a good mix of uh, both people uh, more on the business end and people more on the uh, iOS development end um, able to get together to uh, really kind of foster a community where everybody helps one another and people uh, develop a network that you know can help them, uh, you know, in their careers, or or their companies. Um, so we do have you know uh, the challenge of are we going to monetize this at some point? You know, what where does it go? Um, those are all things that are a little bit in the distance as we um, as we work on the group. Uh, you know, this podcast certainly goes along with that. Um, and then the last thing is probably Iowa Stack, uh, which is. Um, I mentioned it a little bit earlier, but basically, uh, I wanted to keep the um, information, the the posts from the newsletter, uh, more evergreen. I wanted to be able to um, have that live a little bit longer because, you know, if it's not the last issue or the last couple issues, you know, it doesn't get any clicks and. Um, it's uh, something that is a good resource because you know something that happened that I posted eight issues ago might be you know very relevant today or 20 issues ago. So basically, I've uh, dumped everything from the uh, newsletter into iOSStack.com, and it's a work in progress right now. Um, most of the uh, content is there, but there's some decisions that I'd like to um, get opinions on as far as. Um, you know what kind of format it should have because my newsletter definitely has commentary. It has my opinion many times. It has my thoughts. Um, should the site have that? You know, Paul and I have talked about that, and Paul was like, "Well, that's the great thing about the newsletter is your commentary. That's one of the great things." 
And um, I agree, but at the same time, will that fly in a uh, resource? Um, there's my timer. In my in a resource type uh, uh, website. So that's uh, one of the opinions, and you know, also just in how it looks, things like that. But um, just to kind of summarize it, uh, you know, I'm looking to build a revenue stream there. You know, monetize it through sponsorships or affiliate links. Uh, any other ideas anybody might have um, to, you know, to kind of build that into something that would build me some sustainable income. And uh, oh, last thing is I am trying to get into more speaking, so I'm speaking at a meetup, um, which will be my first uh, presentation in the iOS world um, in a few weeks. So I'm excited about that. It's at a local iOS developer meetup. So, yep. Chris, congratulations getting through that. That's excellent. Um, the group here Thank can you. ask Chris any questions. Uh, we've got five minutes for questions. So does anyone have any uh, questions? Yeah, I've got a couple of things to say. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, I mean, first, I mean, that's amazing. That, that it's really good to hear how you've got to that many people in your news group because, um, I mean, I've tried building a mailing list myself and I really think I lack in the consistency. Mm. So um, it's, it's good to hear that. I mean, um, but, the, I mean, if you do need any contracting-specific advice, uh, just, just if you want to go and touch, I mean, I've worked in the States as well. I assume you're in the States. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, the, the other thing you mentioned is the uh, Soft Skills book, which is a really good, good book. He's got a decent mm -hmm. podcast as well, hasn't he, John Sonmez? Yes, he does. Yes. Right. And a specific piece of advice for working with clients is you, you mentioned about this specification, you know, that misunderstanding. What I always do is I, I create wireframes before I start, which, mm. you, you know, I, I use balsamic. And that, mm -hmm. that basically what that does is that translates what's in, you know, what your interpretation to something that you can show to them to just validate that that's what you're both talking about because most of the misunderstandings come from, as you pointed out, it's that, it's that oh, I thought you meant this, I thought you meant that at the end of the project, product, and that's where most of the misunderstandings come from. So that's it really. But Yeah, I mean, I wish I had that many people on my news group, on my email group. <laughs> yeah, that's excellent uh, advice as far as talking to uh, the clients because even though this uh, contract has gone just I mean, as good as I could imagine. Um, there have been a couple of little minor misunderstandings where um, I didn't know he wanted a screen here. I didn't know he wanted yeah. this to do that. So, um, yeah, I definitely think getting out ahead of all that is is uh, the best advice I've received so far. So, if if you basically the way I the way I do the wireframes, I mean, really shoddy sort of looking ones in Balsamic mockups. You don't need any graphics on there. But the mm -hmm. key is that you show every single user interaction and where it goes. Mm -hmm. Like to which screen it goes, and that's that's basically that's the app, isn't it? You know, that's how the app works, yeah. and that's yeah. what they need to know. And the graphics, you know, generally they'll provide, or if you provide, that'll be a separate issue. But the functionality is the main, you know. The yeah, that's another to. part that's a little bit of a, uh, I wouldn't say gray area, but a little bit of uh, a thought for me because I'm a marketer and an app developer, and when you build your own apps, you know, for the most part, you do your own marketing and. Uh, design uh, of the app and things like that and um, I'm actually doing everything on this app but going forward you know I'm not a top-level designer you know I can do okay but um, that's something that I need to work into my contracts you know what exactly I will do you know I mean I didn't think about it but I'm gonna be designing his uh, his um, icon well and that's fairly easy because he gave me an illustrator file of basically what the icons exactly gonna be because uh, he has marketing, you know, on the other end. So I'll just, you know, use that to create the icon. But I need to really consider um, those type of things because those minutes and hours can really add up um, in a Plus contract. It's not, it's, if, if it's not your specific domain, it's it's mm -hmm. it's it's questionable how long it's going to take. Like you said, they add up. You, do, you don't know how long they're going to take in advance. Whereas yeah. development time, you can pretty much, once you've got a decent set of wireframes, you can pretty much estimate. You know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Most mostly, you know, it's never never a real science, but you can make a good guess. But yeah, yeah. I mean, when it comes to artwork, it's like, oh, well, you know, I, I don't quite like that color. Or can you move that to there? Mm -hmm. And yeah, yeah. I and mean, the way client. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Yeah. So that's it. Really. Yeah. 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 Good. Anybody else have anything? 
Yeah, uh, just one more. Th How do you keep the commitment of doing the newsletter, Chris? Because you, uh, so many of these things die out, like Darren was saying, and uh, it's hard to keep going. But uh, do you have like a routine that you, you know, how do you do it? How do you keep the commitment? Um, I do have a routine. Um, I, you know, it's like anything. It does become. It starts as something you really enjoy, and then it becomes something you enjoy, but it is a little bit of a job too. Um, I just decided that, uh, you know, I, I knew by reading the book and just what I knew marketing-wise that consistency was the key, and I just committed myself to doing it. And to be honest, if I hadn't picked up sponsorships starting last August, um, you know, I, I'm not saying that I wouldn't be doing the newsletter, but I know it would be more difficult to every week do that without, you know, and pay the $40 hosting fee a month and not um, be able to monetize that. But um, yeah, I just, I've just, I don't know, it's kind of just a commitment you make. Uh, as far as the week goes though, I curate throughout the week and um, then I, on Wednesday night, I kind of put everything together that I want to be in there and then uh, Thursday morning I do my commentary on uh, the different links. So I kind of do it that way and uh, it, it's real. I, I, it's really just consistency and wanting to, you know. And then plus, when you get feedback, it's like an app. Whenever you do a, a good app and you start getting all these great reviews, you know, it, it motivates you. So that's one thing. Um, I know Simon had a question about the app download, so he said his microphone was giving him a little bit of trouble, and he uh, wanted to know um, basically how I've built up to having uh, 1,500 downloads a day and uh, about monetization. Um, well, that app. It's a it's a fake caller app, and I don't know. Um, you know, the market's a lot more saturated than a couple of years ago when this app came out. But um, it grew from my daughter wanting a um, uh, to download a fake caller app where you know it pretends somebody's calling you, you know, and you can set it up to be whoever. And we looked at the store, and all the apps were just awful, and uh, they all look like iOS 4.3 or something. So. Um, what I did was is I just created it and released it and you know it just it was one of those ones that got started getting traction without much marketing and uh, sometimes you kinda can catch that if you catch the right niche and uh, so basically I just uh, I've tried a couple of different ways to monetize it but um, you know people are trained with the uh, reward videos uh, like with Crossy Road and so I started uh, uh, the reward video with credit uh, and that seems to work pretty well other than getting two or three emails a day of how stupid I am for putting, you know, requiring credits and why isn't this free. Um, but it's kind of hard to say how, I mean, there was some cross-promotion with um, another app that I have, but mostly I think it hit that sweet spot of being able to be shared. Um, I mean, I get tons of downloads on the weekends, and that's when the teen, teenagers and tweens are sharing the app and telling their friends. And it's kind of, I think, hit a little bit of that viral. But you know, it uh, as far as monetization goes, I'm up to maybe just 600, 700 a month right now. Uh, so it was doing about half of that before the monetization, even with a thousand downloads a day. So it's it's still difficult to monetize, and I know that there's there's stuff that I could do differently, and I'm definitely open for suggestions. Great. Um, just be finally, before we move on, then um, one of the challenges I have is almost picking the next person to do the um, deeper dive. I wondered if anyone wanted to put their hand up for the next week's um, deep dive now, or would you prefer if I if we discuss this uh, later? But um, Darren, you're always you ask most questions. Maybe you're appropriate for the next one. Oh, I don't know. I'm not very good at speaking. I got a bit nervous. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, well, but would you would you be on for doing the, the I'll try, five yeah. ten minutes? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, good. Yeah. Okay, that makes it easier. Um, and oh, of course, if anyone learns anything through the week and you want to have a go at uh, doing the um, educating us as a group, bringing that to the mastermind, then let me know and uh, we'll get you on. Uh, we always like to learn. Um, so I'm going to change this next format. I think it was some for some feedback, and um, it's better if we just all chip in and help. Um, uh, this is the part where we try to bring value to each and every member by listening to what their challenges are and, and uh, thinking about how we can add value. Now that can either be in what we were doing last week, which is giving reviews, posting things, introductions, whatever it may be, or even referral of business. 
um, this is the bit where we try to bring and add value. So I'm just going to open this whole thing up to the group. Uh, we're not going to go through each and every one of us. We're just going to uh, just, I guess, open it up as a, a, a forum. And um, uh, I, I just, I'll start by saying that I did do quite a few uh, actions over the week. Uh, I left some reviews. Uh, Jeffrey's not here, but I posted his schedule it on um, a Slack community that has thousands of members, and uh, we got some feedback on that. And uh, I think uh, I, I did some other things that I'm now forgetting. <laughs> but uh, uh, yeah, let's uh, let's open this up and then talk through what we did to help out last week, and uh, what we can maybe do this week to help each other out. Right. So I, I'm going to see no one. No one's actually chipped in there. I'm going to actually ask for help. So. <clears throat> um, like I said, I've done some research by asking my previous clients what they liked about my service. I've got a rough idea, you know, uh, but I'm just trying to decide. It's like making that decision on which products do I go with. How do people make decisions like that? It's like... Okay, so I've got an idea for you. Yeah, go on. I've got I an mean, idea, Darren. Um, go on. If, you, if you've got some, like, a little bit of money to spend, you could put two um, ads. Uh, I heard someone in my show do this. They created uh, two separate uh, ads on Facebook, and uh, even though the product wasn't finished, you're talking about doing an information product. Yeah. You can then direct the, um, you know, you could do two ads for two products that are yet finished, and create some kind of waiting list, and see which one has more appeal, which one gets more clicks, which one has more attraction, and that yeah, helps I, with I, your decision I making. Actually, I have actually done that, Paul. I am so. I, I, it's, I don't know, I just think I'm getting to a point where I'm getting a little bit frustrated with the lack of progress with myself. So what I did was I I, um, <clears throat> I created a webinar, sort of uh, online training webinar, and uh, directed people to that. But I think it's more of a, I don't know, maybe I should, yes, I suppose I just need to create multiple, multiple products and test each of them individually. Because what I was doing was I was testing different copy for the adverts, and I suppose I was just doing mm -hmm. one product. So yeah, so I'll create perhaps a number of products and then just use uh, Facebook ads to target the correct people, yeah? Y yes. Mm. Um, another another um, resource is uh, I've heard some good um, stuff about beta list, um, which is where you can have um, something in beta and post it there. You can shortcut the queue by paying a bit of money. Okay. Uh, and uh, you then get uh, beta users uh, which then they can give you feedback and you kind of start building the product up with them, their feedback and, um, and and it gives you a better position for when launching. Yeah, because I think, I think as well that the, a benefit that can get whatever I do here is uh, getting users of any form because the products are going to be very similar. I think getting users in, just to speak to, I think that's the key at the moment. Uh, just getting feedback. I don't know what you think about that. I mean, could could you tell us, remind us what what products? <coughs> are okay, you so exactly so, so at, at the at the moment, this uh, one is essentially a complete productized service, which would be an online training course, which would essentially scale up what I do uh, in person at the moment, but uh, and offer those people sort of cost savings. Uh, and the other one is to provide, these are just two ideas I've got at the moment, the other is to provide a mentoring service which is sort of two or three hours a week for each client, uh, uh, whereby they've got developers and not necessarily iOS developers but they're transitioning to that that need to sort of check in with someone with more experience. But it's, it's quite difficult to test that over Facebook and I think that's one of the problems that I'm, I'm coming up with. It's, it's a very, very niche product. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, I, I think this is this is this is why I'm um, I'm going to like previous clients, and I'm I'm also using LinkedIn to to just to speak to people at the moment, but it's um it's very difficult. It's really hard. I suppose business is hard, isn't it? But what's the what's the hardest thing then, Darren? It's what making the decision or actually getting anyone to pay any interest. I think it's just making the decision really, because I've got I've got so many different people saying different things. Um. You know, it's it's what one will say. Oh, yeah, we're, oh, so we're you're like procrastinating. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking he needs to trust his gut and go with uh, which one he feels yeah, I mean, like I, is the best option. That's, that's a really yeah. good piece of advice. So it's those two courses that I, one is an online training video, and the benefit there is that I'm going to get people in to speak to anyway, and perhaps to upsell them something at the end. And the other is like the yeah. mentoring. The, the mentoring is where I really want to go because I know that's where I can provide the most value. And that's really where business is at, isn't it? And have obviously, you, um, go on, sorry. Oh, I just gonna, was going to say, do you have you uh, listened to many of the podcasts on the online marketing and you know list building and some yeah, of that I stuff? Yeah, Amy Porterfield is the main Yeah, I was just going to mention hers. Hers is yeah. a great one for a kind of a how-to. Uh, she really she gets into everything from you know giving away something to get to build your list. To, you know, there's there's a it can get really complex with, um, you know, basically holding your client's hand, uh, you know, through several uh, interactions and then offering your services. And, you know, there's a, there's a ton of good podcasts out there that, that kind of walk you through that. Yeah, I, think so I, think I've, I think I've read too much and listened to too much. It's just like information <laughs> overload. Yeah. And, it, you know, uh, it's like, what do I do? It's because you've just mentioned that about an email, you know, basically an email course or, you know, mm -hmm. j just going through the steps of guiding them and making friends with people effectively. And it's, there's so much information out there and I'm like, what the hell am I doing? And I, I don't know. Well, well, see, my feeling is that mentoring, you get the, like, immediate return because you're getting paid to be a mentor. And yeah. you may even get clients who are willing to uh, share the content that you're creating through the mentoring process. You know, whether you record uh, as an audio and release it like we're doing as a podcast, and uh, and all this inbound marketing, maybe the main to get started, and then the information online training comes because that's that's quite a big ask, isn't it? Trying to create. An online training course. You need people to trust you as well. That's the trouble. You you really need to be an authority figure for that to work. Whereas, me phoning up uh, a, a business and saying, "Do you need help with apps?" and they say yes, that's so much easier, because that happens a lot. And that's that you know, or or someone's recommended me. That's that's easy. That's an easy way to find work. I think what I think by what I'm trying to do is I'm trying trying to create something that's more automatic and scaled. And I think maybe I'm trying to run before I can walk. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, do you have a, a list? If you were to launch an online course, do you have a list of people uh, that would buy that? From, from not really. Probably, probably 100 people. Uh, and they're ma mainly previous people I've worked with in the past and stuff. So, no, um, 100 is a starting point, though. You know, that's that's not zero. Yeah. 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 Depends. If you, if, um, you sell, if you sell the product for $1,000, uh, that's, that's a pretty good return. Um. Have you got a price point in, in, in mind with the online training, Darren? Um, no, that's another. I mean, it's it's like, do I do I go sort of cheap with group sessions, or do I go more one to one and just price it as just slightly lower than being sort of on site? I don't I don't really know. So yes, I am procrastinating. Yeah, you're you're, <laughs> okay. you're paralyzed by information overload, like you said earlier. Yeah. So that's just I suppose that's it. my. Yeah, just do it. I, I, I think so, yeah. I think I've got to do something. Well, uh, here's what you have to Darren, go I was just going to say what you have to I like being told. <laughs> well, I think what you have to realize is, is that whatever you try, you know, might fail. But guess what? You have other things you can try. And um, you're not going to find out what works and what doesn't without trying, trying different things and, frankly, failing at different things. So um, I would just suggest, you know, making like a, I know I, I listen to EO Fire and they do uh, the 10 day sprints, you know, where they yeah. say focus on something and in 10 days, you know, accomplish that, whatever. Um, you know, pick pick one of them and just say I'm going to do this by a certain date and I'm going to have it out there and if it fails, you know what, I'm going to the next one or I'm, I'm going to approach it a different way. Uh, you know, I, I think it's just, I think you've got all the research, I think you've got a lot of it in your head. I just think you need to act on it. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I just to, just to finish off that. I mean, I, I've actually been through this process. You know, I, d I did the I did the training webinars. Mm -hmm. I, I don't know what sometimes stops me. It's I don't know whether it's just sort of clarity of where I'm, the direction that I'm going in, or I get too busy. But I don't know. I I just 
something else new flashy comes along, and uh, I think yeah, yeah. I think uh, I don't know. Maybe seek um, the, maybe seek a, a partner to work with on the project, and uh, that would give you yeah. you know like when you're working with someone, it, you're, you're more committed. That's yeah, true I, too. I, yeah, I, I, I just don't know how that'd work actually, but that would be very good. Someone to actually do to help me with it. Yeah, I think you get yeah, well, overloaded you, you, a little. Yeah. Anyway, I'll, I'll, um, I'll move okay, on. Well, anyway. So, so, um, yeah, so uh, there's, there's a goal for next week. I need to, I need to make some decisions, and I'll I'll come back with uh, what I've done. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. Talk, I'll talk about that. That's yeah. that's great. Make it a goal to next week when you come uh, for this podcast that you can say I did this this past week, and these are the results, or I made this decision, and here's my goal, and here's my date, or something like that. That's a good first step, definitely. Okay, thanks a lot. Anyway, so yeah. we've got we've got five minutes left. I want to make sure that we all participate in a way. Now we've got two on the call. One, Morton, you've got a bad throat, uh, but are you able to type in a, anything that you're? Um, maybe we could. Uh, maybe we could read out something you t type in the chat box or on the Slack group. Um, just while you're thinking about that, and Simon, you haven't said much either. I know you've got problems with you, your uh, your, your microphone. Uh, do you want to give it another go and see if you can say anything, and or do, do you want to type in something? Mm, okay. Yeah, still right. not. Yeah. And uh, Ralph, you've been, been a bit quiet as well in this session. Do you want to come up and do um, anything? Yeah, sure. Um, I just wanted to uh, ask Chris uh, just some feedback on some of your challenges. Um, now, with your clients, with their prototyping, uh, are you are they using anything to prototype the rough sketches? Well, um, I have just had the one client so far, and again, I I wasn't advertising my services. The uh, client. Uh, that came to me because of an app that I made and he liked the layout of that app. So really mm. um, I kind of was lucky in this respect in that I already knew the type of layout he was looking for and I was yeah. able to uh, throw something up in Xcode pretty quickly uh, to at least show yeah. the flow of the app and uh, add a few screens here and there. So um, that's definitely a challenge that I know going forward you know if, if somebody comes to me with with an idea rather than a hey I, I like this particular app and I want my app to work the same way I definitely need to have a plan in place for that yeah yeah um, so I was going to suggest that you use InVision um, mm -hmm. and it's really simple for anyone to use um, now I used it when I first started I can identify with um, the pressure that you have because the first year that I started developing Stumble and stuff, I was working with another developer and wasted a lot of time going back and forth saying I want it like this, I want it like that. But if I had prototyped it before, we would have avoided all these um, mis mishaps. So yeah. like, I just want to show you, like, um, you can't really see, but I, like, I drew with the pen what I wanted the app to look like. It doesn't look like that today, but you just draw the rough sketches of the screens and then... Um, the mm -hmm. customer themselves, they just make it out like an app, like what they want it to be. That'll save you like heaps of hours of going back and forth, back and forth, mm -hmm. and back and forth. And I can also introduce you to a designer, a freelance designer in Shoreditch, London. London. I made mm -hmm. him on um, on Dribble. It's very, very cheap. Like uh, I was really amazed. He charged me something like ten pounds a screen, whereas other designers were charging me like 60, 70 pounds a screen. So mm. if you want, if you have any um, any clients who want any design work done, I can uh, introduce you to him. Um, he's a, like an 18-year-old kid, and this is the good thing is that they're hungry and they're, they're learning, and some of them mm. are very, very talented. So if I introduce you to him, maybe, you know, he can help you out with the design because he's very, very... Mm -hmm. That's I'd awesome. Be, I'd Great. be interested. Yeah. I'd be interested in knowing that guy's name as well. Very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. If you could just send right. me, it's Darren. Yeah. All right, Darren. I'll I'll make the intro too for you. Thanks. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good stuff. Cool. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Morton had said uh, uh, 
I don't know if you guys saw it. Uh, he typed in, you know, having an accountability partner um, in some way, in some fashion, would really help uh, Darren kind of, you know, hit those goals too, which I thought, you know, that's definitely, no matter what you're doing, what goals you're trying to set, whether it's a, a, a person that's a accountability partner or a, a, some type of, you know, system you've got in place, I think that's really important too. Great. Um, I think we're getting towards the end of this hangout and this uh, podcast. I remember uh, when we leave, if you could all go and visit um, iTunes and go and leave a five-star review for the Appreneurs podcast. Uh, we'll try and get into new and noteworthy and promote ourselves. Any final business before we say goodbye? So um, next week, Darren's talking. Yeah, I'll... Uh, I'll I'll think of something to talk about. <laughs> well, we want to know your uh, backstory. We want to know how important C Sharp is to our businesses. It's not very important to mine. <laughs> <laughs> and Paul, I'm up. If you uh, have a, if you want me to do the five minute in depth on something, or if there's anything, yes, kind of a, a topic, you know, whatever, I can do that, or, or anybody else. I mean. But um, I'm always up for that. If, as long as I have a, a, a distinct, hey, talk about this, I hopefully can uh, be coherent. So we'll go from yeah. there. Well, maybe we could all throw ideas in the, um, the Slack. Okay. Yeah, that's a good idea. Okay. Yeah. Well, the, thanks, everyone, for joining. Look at that. My, my um, battery ran out at the end. I've come back onto my phone. It's been a lot of fun, and I know that there's a few more people that want to join us next week as well. So we'll okay, good. see if we can keep this group a good size and keep it going. Um, thanks, everyone, for. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, Paul's yeah, yeah, I think, I think Paul's thanks. in uh, frozen. Yeah. <laughs> thanks for the advice, guys. Right. I really do appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I look forward to next week. Anybody yeah. has anything, any thoughts, stick them in the, uh, uh, in the Slack group. And uh, feel free to anything that you want to post in there. You know, any uh, criticisms or things you think would could be better about the uh, group uh, or the hangout or just anything. You know, let's get it all in there so we can all kind of chat about it. And if you mentioned anything in the uh, podcast, I would recommend that you throw a link in the um, Slack group so that uh, you know, like uh, uh, Envision. Uh, you know, is that with an E or an I? You know. That's what I'm thinking. Okay, I'm gonna have to figure that out. But yeah. <laughs> if we could throw the link in there, then everybody would know right where to go. So uh, stuff like that. Yeah. But anything you talk about something, try to remember to throw a link in the in the show in the uh, in the Slack group. Great. Sure. Cool. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Paul. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.